Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Well, 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 look who it fucking is. It's Dweez Nuts. Back with you again, TCK Pod episode 310. The Candlestick Kids are here to stay, motherfuckers. This is week 11. I know I took a week off last week, and I know you fucking missed me. Everybody here knows I'm your favorite. Look, if that really is the case, go find me on Twitter at DweezNutsAllZsNoS's. Go find my other podcast, Your Football Fantasy, on every podcast channel that exists Long form, 90 minutes, bunch of dudes just like me, getting shit-faced talking football. While you're fucking around on the internet, hit up my boy Sky at TCK underscore pod on Twitter or at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Instagram where he prefers to live. Or the website TCKpod.com is your home for all things candlestick kids. Let's get it, get after it. I know you're fatigued, been a long season. Going into week 12, coming out of week 11, we're going to be talking about some deep, deep stats here. It's the deep research stuff that gets me going late in the season when I'm feeling fatigued. It's time to push for the playoffs. If you're already out of it in your league, it's time to start thinking about how you're going to set yourself up for success for next year. Plenty to still be excited about in fantasy football, guys. Uh, let's dive into the Stat Rat episode of the week. I want to go deep. I want to go beyond the 10,000-foot view to look at what's really going on in some of the situations that we're all paying attention to maybe less than we were five weeks ago. But we're still here for it. What else are you doing? What else in life has your attention so wrapped that you can't spend your time on football, on fantasy football, people? It's the most important thing in life. All right, let's dive in. I want to look at two players specifically, then I want to look at a couple of statistical categories uh, as a big, broader picture for you guys. Let's start with Cam Akers. Now, there's a perception right now in the league, and I've seen it on Twitter, on Instagram, I've seen it in professional writings, I've heard it on the goddamn radio, people, it's that Cam Akers is gaining on, getting ready to take over for Daryl Henderson. Okay, that narrative is helped by the fact that this past week, week 11, he finished number one among all the running backs on that team with his receiving touchdown, one catch on one target for one yard and one touchdown. I don't know how many yards it was. But I'm here to tell you that's not true. He's absolutely not taken over as the feature back. If he's on your waiver wire, you don't need to spend all your fab on it. You don't need to... Uh, dump him, dump uh, uh, valuable pieces off of your roster to get him in trade if that's still happening in your league. Look, he's third 
out of that running back group in snaps in eight of ten games this year. Okay, he's only out snapped Daryl Henderson in week eight after Henderson got hurt. Okay, he also out snapped um, I think everybody in week one, but since week one, it was only week eight that he out snapped anybody. And Henderson was hurt in that game, and he barely out-touched or snapped him in that one. Um, he is a three on the depth chart still, guys. He's getting almost no pass work despite the receiving touchdown he got this week. He's only got three targets all year, guys. Uh, could that be because he's still trying to figure out pass protection? Maybe. Pass protection is certainly something that he did not excel at in Florida State. And Malcolm Brown's a really good pass blocker. Daryl Henderson is a passable pass blocker. I don't see him getting on the field in those situations until he shores that up. He's only got one attempt inside the five-yard line. There's been 18 rushing attempts by this team inside the five-yard line. He only has one of them. He's not the goal line back. He's not the receiving back. He's not the back that gets on the field. Unfortunately, guys, look, Daryl Henderson is a 23-year-old third-round pick from a season ago. He only went 18 picks later than Cam Akers went in his year draft. So if you're thinking, I'm going to pick up Cam Akers in Dynasty and he's going to be the guy eventually, hold your damn horses. Henderson's a young stud and he's proven himself this year, 4.8 yards per carry on the season. Then there's Sean McVay's comments in the offseason. He said he wanted to mirror San Francisco's shared backfield attack. He wanted to do what they were doing, what Kyle Shanahan was doing with all of the backs on that team. Has that happened? Let's take a look. In 2019, the running back carry split in San Francisco looked like this. 36% for the number one, 34% for the two, and 22% for the three. So pretty evenly split. This year in Los Angeles, the Rams split looks like this. 45% for the one, 37 for the two, and 19 for the three. It's not quite there, but it's damn close. If you take the fact that Cam Akers is three on the depth chart, the stats hold that up, the snaps hold that up. If you take into effect or into a consideration that he's not on the field in pass work, not on the field in goal line work at all, consider Daryl Henderson and the fact that he is the future there he'll be the future one for some years unless something happens because he's proving himself and the fact that when Sean McVay says something he fucking does it Cam Akers is not somebody you should go get I was very high on him coming out of the draft when he landed here but Daryl Henderson took his opportunity and he's capitalizing people he's a guy not Akers let's move on before we get to this next guy I want to just put out a disclaimer here I am a Melvin Gordon owner I am fed up as a Melvin Gordon owner. This week, I finally sat Melvin Gordon after leaving him in my roster because of his name um, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks where he did nothing. And of course, this week, he goes for two touchdowns and 85 yards, 86, whatever. Of course he does. Here's my recommendation. I have a three-part recommendation for you, and it's going to be very contradictory, so just bear with me. Remember that I've owned this guy for years. And... At the best of times, uh, he's a he's a touchdown-dependent running back. At the worst of times, he's fucking trash. First recommendation, get rid of him. Trade him. Sell him high. This is his best week on the year, guys. Two touchdowns. Sell his ass high. 
as a side note, if you can't sell him because your trade deadline passed, um, I want to say this. Get rid of the fucking trade deadline. Why is there a trade deadline on your league? Is there a trade deadline in your league because you guys are afraid teams will collude near the playoffs? Uh, teams that are out of the playoffs will sell their fucking season? If that's the case, you need new league mates, not more restrictions. The goal of any fantasy league, of any commissioner, should be to get the most engagement and activity all season long. If you're shutting down one whole avenue for roster activity, then that seems to be counterproductive to the goal. If you're afraid leaving the trade deadline open to the playoffs will make um, one team sell everything, sell the farm for picks next year, then you've got the wrong kind of people on your league and you need to change that. So anyway, sell them high. Please sell them high. If you can't sell them high, here's my second recommendation. Fucking drop them. Just drop them. My third recommendation, though, is uh, don't drop him. Keep keep him on your bench until the playoffs. Just bench his ass, okay? Don't expect this next week. Bench his ass, especially next week, okay? Bench his ass until the playoffs. Until the playoffs, okay? Partially because this week, Miami, Miami's a good defense, okay? And he, he had a nice day, 84 yards on 16 carries, two touchdowns. Um, 15 carries, rather, two touchdowns. That's good, but even, even in this game, his best game, he was outtouched by Philip Lindsay, 16 to 15. Zero, zero targets in the passing game. That's not a good thing. Philip Lindsay had a shit week last week or two weeks ago. He was outtouched by Royce Freeman two weeks ago when he comes back and manages to outtouch Gordon in this one. So there's just no consistency there, even on a good day. For Gordon, I know he's going to get those touchdowns. I was going to get those touchdowns. That's sort of what it does. Uh, and if we look at the next two weeks going forward, this coming week, week 12, they got uh, New Orleans Saints best versus running backs in the whole league. Only one back since week three has gone over 70 combined yards against this team, and that was a fluke. It was it was David Montgomery. That was a fluke, okay? Zero rushing touchdowns for this team against the Saints, that is, since week four. That's a stout-ass defense. The following week, Kansas City Chiefs, you think Chiefs have a great uh, great matchup for running backs, but only Josh Jacobs and CMC have double-digit fantasy points since week four against this team. Otherwise, running backs are averaging five and a half fantasy points versus the Chiefs outside of those two guys. CMC, Josh Jacobs, these are, these are better backs than what you got in Melvin Gordon. So you're not going to want to play him this week. But then come the playoffs. Okay, If you have a three-week playoff, which is pretty standard, then come the playoffs. And the first round of the playoffs... The Broncos get the matchup against the Carolina Panthers, who have been better lately against the run. But on the season, they're sixth worst as far as yards per carry, 4.6 yards per carry for backs. Sixth worst in rushing touchdown. They've given up 14 rushing touchdowns, which, by the way, is what I said a minute ago, is what Melvin Gordon does. Sixth most receiving yards to running backs on the season as well. That's the other thing Melvin Gordon does on this team because Lindsey's not a pass catcher. That should be a nice week. Go to the semifinals. We're looking at Buffalo as the opponent. Okay, now a running back has scored a touchdown in every game but one. That was week four against the Las Vegas Raiders here with with the Buffalo Bills. So again, Gordon scores touchdowns. Running backs against the Bills score touchdowns. They're fourth worst with 4.8 yards per carry to running back. So that's a nice matchup. And then in the championship, you get the LA Chargers, who are sixth worst, 4.6 yards per carry against them. A rushing touchdown in every game since their bye in week six. 
and a running back touchdown in every game but week two. Sorry, but two of them in week one with Kansas City and week five versus New Orleans. A running back has scored in every single other game. Third worst with 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. That's what he does. Six most receiving touchdowns to running backs on the season. That's also what he does. What a fabulous matchup in the championship for Melvin Gordon. So first sell him if you can because you don't want him on your team. Drop him if you want to, but you should probably hold him until the playoffs because he got some nice nice things coming. As tough as he's been to watch, digging into his stats, he's got double-digit touches in every game but week one. He's out-touched Lindsey in every week except for this past week by one. He's out-carried Lindsey all but twice. 56% to 33% of the rushing attempts for the team go his way. 29 to 8 in targets over Philip Lindsay. He's out snapped Lindsay in every game. He's got 55% of the snaps or more in every game except for this past week. 18 to 5 in red zone touches over Philip Lindsay. He has the opportunity. This is just not a very good team, and he's not always been a very efficient back. Hold him. Wait. There are playoffs, uh, playoff matchups that you really fucking want with Melvin Gordon. All right, those are the two backs I want to look at. We're going to take a look at two different wide receiver categories. Just I'm just going to list the names for you guys. Some interesting names on here, some that you'd expect, some that maybe not. And if you, your trade window is still open, maybe he, here are some guys that you might want to look at. First, we're looking at target share. Wide receiver target share on a team. So these are guys that are getting the bulk of the work on their teams. That means a nice floor at the very least. So if that's something you need, think about it. I'll give you the top 13, all the guys with at least 20% of the target share on their team. Stephon Diggs is number one, 27.6% target share. Then Nook at 24.9. Keenan Allen, obviously, at 24.3. Terry McLaurin at 23.8, another obvious call. And Devontae Adams with a 23% target share. Rounds out your top five. Next up is Robbie Anderson with 20%, 23% of his team's target share. We feel like he's fallen off as DJ Moore's come on lately, but he's still getting eight, nine targets every game. Tyler Lockett at a 21.8% target share, skewed maybe by a couple of big games. Allen Robinson, 21.4%. Thielen, just over 21%. And Cooper Cup at 21% of his team's target share. Fuck's sake, if you watched that game last night, you know that this passing attack, when they need to be, when they want to be, is absolutely unstoppable. At 11 is Devontae Parker at 20.4% of his team's target share. He's been real quiet lately, but look, if Fitzpatrick is really going to be the quarterback again on this team, he's somebody you want. Jerry Judy and Brandon Cooks, both just over 20% of the target share on their teams. I thought that Judy thing was really interesting. I'd have guessed Tim Patrick. But lately, man, Jerry Judy's getting some volume. All right, let's look at another way to another way to break down the Volume, wide receiver volume. I'm, I'm looking at double-digit target games for wide receivers. There are 35 wide receivers that have multiple double-digit target games. What I want to do here for you is break this down like this. What percentage of the games they've played all year have been double-digit targets? As an example, Devontae Adams has had double-digit targets in 75% of the games he's played this year. Talk about a floor. He's also got the ceiling. We know who Devontae Adams is. He leads in this category, 75% of his games, double-digit targets. Keenan Allen is right there at 70% of his games, double-digit targets as well. The next one didn't show up on the previous list. It's Deontay Johnson, who's been going ape shit. Just ape shit. Four of the last five games, double-digit targets. 66% of the games he's played, double-digit targets. Ben loves him. Here's one. How about a guy getting healthy, getting his quarterback? 
back on the field. Jameson Crowder, 66% of Crowder's games, double-digit targets. I know they have some new weapons there with Mims and Perriman, but Crowder gets his ass open. That is a floor kind of guy that you might be able to get. Stephon Diggs at 50% of his games, double digits. Next up, some surprise names. Calvin Ridley, 44%. Travis Fulgham, 43%. Who's, by the way, still getting targets, even if he has not been putting up a stat line for you. Tyreek Hill at 40%. Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, and Nook, all at 40% of their games, double-digit targets. Julio Jones at 38%. He's not playing a ton of games, but he's still getting some work, quietly. Robbie Anderson, 36% of his games, double-digit targets. We mentioned him on the list. Above Jacoby Meyer, who didn't play a ton of games early in the season, 33% of the games he has been in, double-digit targets. Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd, Chase Claypool, Allen Robinson, and A.J. Green, all 30% of their games have been double-digit targets. I hope you have a pen and a paper. hope you're writing this down. You can always rewind. You can always rewind. You can go back and listen to all the episodes at tckpod.com. Come on. That's your top 20. Let's keep going. DJ Moore, 27% of his games, double-digit targets. That's two Panthers if you're keeping track. I don't know what will happen if CMC ever actually decides to play for more than a game at a time, but right now, nice floors there. Brandon Ayuk, John Brown, Corey Davis, 25% of each of their games have been in the double digits. Corey Davis is one that stands out to me because he just won't go away. I'm an A.J. Brown owner, and Corey Davis just will not go away. Floor guy. Will Fuller at 22%. DJ Chark at 22%. The next eight guys or nine or whatever it is are all at 20% of their games in the double digits. They are Russell Gage. Nice. Cole Beasley. That's my boy. Juju Smith-Schuster. Justin Jefferson. Jerry Judy. DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett. And CeeDee Lamb. All of those guys. Bunch of rookies in there. 20% of their games have double-digit targets, which is a nice floor. And some of those guys, nice ceilings. Guys like Beasley, Gage, maybe floor guys if they got an opportunity. But we've seen a ceiling out of DK. You know that. Lockett, Jefferson, come on. Last guy in this list. The last guy with double-digit targets in more than one game on the season is Mike Evans. Only 18% of his games have been double digits, but he's certainly not a volume guy. We know that. He's a guy that can catch the ball on the five-yard line and carry two defenders around each of his ankles, much like I do my children most days, into the end zone. We saw that last night. Impressive. So do what you will with those numbers, guys. Those are some nice floor guys, some names in that you might be able to get, whether that's in a cheap trade going into these playoffs or at least the back half of your season, or fuck, maybe right off of the waiver wire. Maybe. Betcha Beasley's there. All right. That's it for me. That's it for episode 310 of the Candlestick Kids podcast. Thank you for coming to listen. Stat, rat, here, dweez, nuts. You're welcome. All Z's and OS's on Twitter. Your football fantasy. That's my That's my podcast if you want more of my voice. I know it's beautiful. Otherwise, tckpod.com. Go find Sky. Listen to these every day of the week. Five days a week. There's another episode here. And Sky does some good work on Sundays, people. That'll help you set your lineups right before kickoff, hour before kickoff. Go check that out. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'll fuck with y'all later. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.